there's so much beauty and inspiration in the world, and most times it's up to us to see it. I'd like to share a really inspirational ultra runner with you today, Anthony Wright. He's a composer, producer, filmmaker, musician, and in the past year he's not only become a runner, but he's become an ultra runner. And you know me, I'm a sucker for artists. They bring so much joy to the world, and I think that's a lot of what we need right now. So here is Anthony Wright. Let's give you a little taste of Anthony Wright. Here is Anthony playing the saxophone. And here's Anthony, the producer. Why do I look the way I am? God, why am I different from the rest? And Anthony, the composer. Hey guys, my name is Anthony Wright. I actually just ran my first Ultra, and I'm very, very excited to share my story with you. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. A great cause. Oh, thanks. Man. I respect that, man. So you keep doing what you do, it, man. Keep inspiring. Jam Jam, Jamil Curry here from Era Viper Running, and welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. For all you kids out there, stay safe and stay strong. Hey everyone, it's the Training for Ultra podcast. Scott Jurek here. This is Tim Sweetmeyer. Run a few Western states in the days. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? Decided if I could, you know, finish a 50 miler I could probably run across the country. Right now, I'd say that my beers per day is still higher than my miles per day that I'm running. 100 miles is not that far. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Steve Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra podcast. Welcome to episode 158 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and we have a really great episode. Anthony Wright, super inspirational guy, super talented guy. Can't wait to share some of his stories with you. And big shout out to the show sponsors, Hammer Nutrition, Exoskin. Check out the show notes for discount codes, referral codes, whatever you need for good discount off their products. Big shout out to the Patreon supporters. I will be doing a few episodes coming up here. And I want to do a shout out for each and every one of you within that shout out tier. Next episode, it's coming, so I appreciate you guys. But let's get right to it. This is a great episode. Anthony, thanks for joining me. I'm, I'm really excited to speak with you. You're an inspiring dude, so, so thanks for joining me. Oh, dude, thank you so much for having me. I, I'm so excited to do this. I can't even tell you, man. I'm, I'm excited because you, you wrote kind of a, a lengthy explanation as of like how you got into ultra running, some of the backstory. And I can't wait to share 
how you got inspired, the awesome transformation you've gone through, and you're one of the most like energetic, like enthusiastic ultra runner I've met. So let's hear more about this. Like how how did you well maybe we take a step back. Maybe I want to hear background before you got into ultra running. Because I sure. saw a picture of you what was you weren't in a wheelchair, but it was like a motorized cart. And you were yeah, bi- yeah. you were bigger. Oh yeah. So I was um at that point uh I was three hundred and twenty five pounds. Yeah. Um I yeah, I at that point, yeah, I was on a scooter, but that was because uh we were doing a show in Vegas with uh with the band that I play in and they were nice enough to give me a scooter, but other than that I was in, in a wheelchair um at the airport and on a on a cane and crutches and all things of that nature. Um basically I was at a show playing a show and i jumped up and down uh in early december and did something to my ankle and it did not work for literally a month and so were were you athletic growing up and then i like, was hit a point where you put on weight or, or walk me through that yeah so okay i was i was extremely athletic growing up um i was uh, a wrestler uh, we played baseball. Uh, we played football. Um, so my brother is incredible at all all four of those things. He's kind of the the alpha male between the two of us. Um, and I was behind him trying to do all the things. And um, I guess it was wrestling was really the big problem because I, I did not want to wrestle. Um, my dad was a state finalist. My brother was incredible. Um, I was not so good. And... You know, it was it was kind of one of those. Hey, it's what our family does, and you got to do this. So we were like, everything was food at that point, and it was the '90s, like coaches and and parents and things of that nature. We didn't they didn't know any better to tell a kid not that he wasn't fat, or to tell a kid, hey, you can't eat that. You have to be on this diet, or you you know you have to make this weight. And once you made that weight, you have to make the weight that's below that. Um, and I always kind of had an issue with authority to begin with. So after wrestling was over, and once I hit like college, I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna eat whatever I want for the rest of my life," and I did. That's interesting. I I've I I actually knew a few of the wrestlers in college, and they were, yeah, they were having trouble with that type of thing. So, yeah. I mean, how how much weight did you put on in college? Not a lot. I, okay. It was that I was, well, I shouldn't say not a lot. I guess quite a bit, maybe. Um, I wrestled at 119 pounds. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, I I mean, I've probably gotten to 200, early 200s once I got into college. Yeah. Um, and then it just went up and up and up from there. At one point uh, in 2006, I did Body for Life. I was 230 at that point and i went back down to 185 and then i stopped doing body for life and went all the way back up to 325 so i'm gonna shift gears have you always been into music because i heard some of your music and i just was blown away Um, oh thank you tell tell me about that it it was that sort of similar background like throughout school you're always in into that or was that a recent development 
Yeah, well, that was the that was the uh, the conflict was that I wanted. I, I've been into music since I was. I started playing when I was eleven, and you know, by fourteen, I was doing some some really really cool things. So I didn't really want to be a jock. I wanted to to play. I, my passion was to play. My passion wasn't in the sports, and that was kind of the the push and pull. You know, my family. You know, it's a it's a jock family. It's a it's a manlier family. I was more of an artist, and you know that 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 was that was it. But I I played from from very very young, and I was I was good and on somewhat of a scale at that age too. So that yes, that's been all my life. That's interesting. Uh, where where were you growing up, by the way? Where where you? I grew up. Where are you coming from too? I well, I'm, right now I'm in I'm in Toronto, Canada. I live in Toronto. Okay. Um, I grew up in Virginia. Okay. I'm American. Okay. I, I don't care what country you're from, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) I I interview ultra runners from around the world. Um, and that brings up the topic. When, when did you get, get into running? Was that a recent development or was that after graduating college? I mean, I personally found myself in the worst shape of my life. After college and just working nonstop yeah. for like five years after college, not even leaving the house much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, man, we we ran uh, our our wrestling coach made us run cross country when we were in high school, and I was awful. Like I mean, awful. Getting lapped by the girls and like I never ever completed a five k without walking not once and sometimes i'd be out there all day trying to complete this this 5k um i didn't get into running until last july literally i've been running for just over six months no kidding Mm -hmm. and i mean what what was the catalyst did you have a a single (sighs) moment like where your eyes were opened either to health or i i don't know what it is like for well, me, I, I had a, a single moment where I can like pin it down. Did you have a single moment? I, I have a single moment uh, when it comes to running. Um, health is a different thing because I, I started my health journey long before I started running, and at no point was I going to run. I had no, I had no intentions whatsoever of running. I, I started when I started my health journey. I was lifting weights, and then uh, once the pandemic hit and everything locked down, I started walking, and I loved that. And I had no intentions of running, and then I, I read this book called Training for Ultra. <laughs> really? It, so yeah. <laughs> what, was it was it my book? Um, it, was, it was your book. Was it Goggins' um, book too? Well, Goggins' book uh, was that oh, the man. first one you read that was like, wait, I, people run that far, or or was it mine? I so, don't, I don't know. So I, yeah, Goggins' book was kind of what made me. Uh, I, yeah, I had started working on a diet ish and i was doing a little bit in the gym and then uh i didn't want to go to the gym so i started waking up and looking at uh youtube motivation stuff and it was mostly steve harvey to be honest and one day one day i was listening to something in the bathroom and youtube has that autoplay thing and goggins came on and it was him running and screaming at me (laughs) (laughs) and i was scared i'm like what is this and uh, you know, I watched a couple more on YouTube, and then I saw that he had a book, so I, I started listening to the book. That was the first time I ever heard of an ultra marathon was was Goggins. But 
uh, I did not want to endeavor into doing it because that man is a savage. Like it's just the level of of mind over anything that that man has. It was like that's not I. Man, I'm not doing like Bo have two forty. Like I'm not that. No, I can't do that. I can't run five k. So you weren't signing up to be a Navy SEAL. I was not signing up to be a Navy <laughs> SEAL whatsoever. Um, but I was inspired, sure. And and then uh, I started listening to, to running books um, as I was walking. Uh, just for the I, – I love when people tell stories about the ultramarathon because it's just so exciting. What other books were you listening to? This is fascinating because I myself became an ultra runner before – I think even doing a half marathon and it sounds Mm -hmm. like you kind of mentally became an ultra runner before physically, you know, even becoming a runner. Perhaps. I mean, I guess that is a good way to think about it. I just, I like the stories, man. They're, they're so cool. Uh, I I listened to uh, Dean's book. Classic. Uh, That's all. That book is so much fun. Um, I listened to eat and run. Nice. Uh, beforehand, uh, which of course then made me dabble into Born to Run, which I just finished. I finished that over the weekend. Uh, I listened to it a little bit and then stopped, but just because it didn't have at the top, it didn't have the here's the awesome story of I was in second place and you know all all the running stories, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just I'm looking through my stuff just to make sure I don't miss any of those. Because I, I did read, I did read. You went through like the classics. Like this sounds like you were taking undergrad in ultra running. I, I guess so. <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that. And then yeah, I got to I got the training for ultra. And uh, you know, I, I love the fact that one of the things I love about training for ultra is that you read it. Um, like I listened to the audiobook. Was what I mean. Like you were reading. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was a struggle, man. Oh yeah, I'm telling you that was <laughs> talking about Goggins. That was the one. That was like the one thing him and I were going back and forth on, like suffering through trying to make an audiobooks. Maybe the hardest thing I've ever done, like in my oh, whole man. life. Um, oh, so hopefully it was somewhat enjoyable. That was a completely enjoyable. I, I, cool. You know, I I started listening to it, and uh, well, as soon as you said, you know, uh, turn around and 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 leave with your sub five minute mile face. I was like, okay, this guy's, <laughs> this guy's all right. I'm going to listen to this book. But yeah, no, uh, you, I, when did I decide? I, I think it was the moment when, uh, uh, it was, uh, was it? it was Moab, I believe when, uh, when you went through the jelly bean thing, sugar said, flow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You said sugar flow. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to run. <laughs> And uh, my buddies who are – I've I've a bunch of fitness buddies that uh, are in the same band as me. And uh, I told them, hey, I'm going to start running. <laughs> and they were like, okay, uh, here's, some, here's some form and some technique. And, and I was like, no, I don't need all of that. I'm just going right now. Bye, guys. <laughs> and I went out and ran. I mean, tell me more. Yeah. Tell, tell, well, so you had walked enough to – like get yeah, the confidence so, and you'd listen to everything and you saw this normal dude who just wanted it bad enough that kind of just made it happen, forced it to happen. I mean, it sounds like you 
had enough confidence. How would the first few runs go? Well, uh, yeah. So I'd run, I'd walked. Uh, at first, I was walking ten thousand steps. This is right after the pandemic, and then I started walking twenty thousand steps. Um, and you know, my buddy, uh, buddy moved into the neighborhood probably about fifteen or twenty k away, and he wanted to hang out. So I literally walked to his house, and then we walked uh, to my wife's work to grab my car. So that was like a almost a marathon that day um, of walking. So I had a, I guess I had a base. That's oh, awesome. A walking base. Yeah. <clears throat> had um, you had you lost weight while you were walking this much? Oh yeah. So by the time I started running, I was probably I'd probably lost about eighty pounds. Wow. Yeah, wow. I was I was down to like yeah, I was down to like two forty by that point. And for the the listeners' background, I I mean I knew Anthony had read the book uh, that I wrote, but I I truly thought we talked Goggins there for ten minutes before talking about you starting to run. I didn't know uh, the book had that big of an influence on you, so that's humbling. So that's really awesome, man. That's, yeah. that's all. Yeah, I, yeah, I did I'm, not know I'm, that. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to tell you, you you're the reason I run. Uh, Goggins changed my life. Um, you're the reason that I run ultra marathons. So. That's awesome. So. Tell me about, I mean, these first few runs, like, were you smiling the whole time? Was it super painful? Were you, I was embarrassed. I, I went for super early morning runs cause I didn't want people to see me. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. ready to be called a runner. Like I, I ah. truly didn't think I was a runner yet. Um, tell me about those first few runs. Oh, well, I wasn't embarrassed at all because I was the crazy guy walking around the neighborhood. So uh, they knew what I was doing. Like, I'm not worried about anybody around me. And I, at that point, the people in my neighborhood are like, this guy has lost a lot of weight. So cool. I, I wasn't worried. Um, in fact, I knew for a fact that first run that I was going to run 10K. Like I knew this is I'm, I'm going to run 10K. It's going to be awesome. And uh, I made it like a kilometer and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Fell right apart. Um Apparently, there's this thing called pace <laughs> that uh, I I didn't know anything about. I, you know, I, you hear about it in a book, but I was like, man. So these, you know, Rob said he's logging off eight minute miles. I'm going to log off an eight minute mile. <laughs> not so much. Not not. Uh, so I I failed to run a five k. Uh, that I failed to run a ten k that day, and so the next day I was like, okay, I'm going to run five k. So I made it another like two clicks and then uh, stitches and couldn't breathe and this and that. And I decided, okay, well, we're going to go up to this spot of the street and we're going to start running. And we're going to do this every day until we run a 5K. And uh, yeah, like it took a good month before I ran an entire 5K. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And how, I mean, how did it feel when you, for, you, you finally got that, that 5K under your belt? I was angry. I don't know what, how else to put it. Interesting. I, like, I was, I finished and I was just screaming at anyone who ever dared to doubt me about anything. I was just, I was full of rage by that, by the end of that. Um, there were definitely runs afterwards that brought, lots of tears and doing things of that nature but not that first one not that first 5k that first 5k was was run on rage was that part of the motivation like 
silence the haters, like the people that might have called you names or whatever. I, I don't know what it was, no, but I, I, I don't have I don't feel like I have any haters, especially yeah. when it comes to to running and getting healthy. I don't know. I I, I wasn't yelling at anybody in particular. <laughs> I was just mad. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it, man. I mean, and at that point, did you start believing in yourself as a runner at that moment? Yeah. Yeah. At that point, I was like, we're doing this every day. We're running a 5K every day. And I did. I ran a 5K every day for like 15 days. And then apparently there's this thing called recovery that I didn't know about. (laughs) (laughs) So after 15 days, I was like, maybe I should sleep a little. I mean, did you get injured? Um, No, I got sore. Uh, I'm I'm lucky. I'm knocking on every piece of wood that's around me right now, but I've I've yet to get injured. In I mean, after you discover recovery, I mean, all of a sudden, were you able to take it to 10k and and expand that distance a little bit, or were you trying um, to speed it up, or or what was what were you going after? Yeah, I was going for speed. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to run it faster, and every every day I wanted to be faster than the the last day, and. You know, I started. I started getting. I hit seven thirty for uh, seven thirty kilometer pace, and then oh seven fifteen, and then you know it's coming down and it's coming down. And I guess at at some point I decided I was going to go from running one five k because I was running a five k, and then walking fifteen, or sorry, walking ten. Nice. Um, And I guess at one point I decided I was going to run five, walk five, and run another five. So that's what I started doing. So I was I was aver- I was running 10k not all at once, but I was running and, and and still at that point I'm I'm running all out. I'm not I don't know what an easy run is at this point. So that's I mean, you're adding adding some serious mileage into your training there too. I mean, you're getting out there 7 days a week. I mean, did you start following any type of training plan and and were you setting your target on on some type of goal nope i followed no training plan um my goal was to be able to run uh 15k every day that was my goal did you get there uh well i I never tried (laughs) 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 you know i got to the point where i was like i said to i said to uh my wife Hey, I'm going to go out and run 15K today. And she was like, you should probably try 10K before you try 15. And I was like, I'm actually going to run 21. I just told you it was 15. <laughs> and I only made it 15, but I did it. Uh, and then at, at that point, I started thinking about the half marathon. And yeah. I mean, this is during COVID, right? This is during COVID. This was this would have been uh, August and, of 2020. And so have you ever run in a race with like a bunch of people or now you've, you've only known running during these abnormal running times. So you've never done a 5k with like 20,000 of your closest friends before. Have you? No, I've only run twice with anybody else ever. And it was uh, my, my friend, Mike, we ran a half marathon together and, and he paced me at the end of my 50k. It's the no, only time I've ever no run. No kidding. Anybody. And yep. And so as you go through this transformation, I mean, it sounds like you're probably getting positive reinforcement. Just people are noticing, hey, this guy's lost 80 pounds or probably 100 pounds at this point. I mean, how much of the positive reinforcements helping you? How much of it is the 
your personal goals? I mean, is your wife seeing differences in how you're acting? And I assume you're probably happier. You probably have more energy throughout the day. Um, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I had a lot of positive reinforcement outside of like the internet, you know, people I don't know that were like, yeah, this is great. And people I'm uh, acquaintances with or, or not as close of friends with the, like not the people I don't talk to every day. There was definitely some positive reinforcement there. Um, my closest friends, the, the, the fitness guys, the ones that I told I wanted to start running, um, a few of those guys started to get worried because I, they're like, Hey, you're a, you're getting up in miles there, buddy, and you don't know what you're doing, and you're also – you should probably lose some some more weight before you decide to tackle these long distances. Um, my wife was just I, – I, my wife is such an interesting human being. Um, she didn't care at all that I was 325 pounds at all, like not one iota. Um, so she was more worried about injury than she was about progress. I mean, of course, she, you know, she was inspired – and of course, she's proud of me, but it wasn't not not for her. It wasn't a make or break thing. So she was just more worried. And to this day, she's you know, please don't get hurt. I mean, and, and so what? At, at the end of the day, what's Anthony thinking about Anthony? At that point, yeah. Uh, how do people run marathons? <laughs> That's what. So I was it was it was about. daunting. I mean, the fact that it was so hard to get to. You know, six miles, seven miles, and and so how did you get over the mental hurdle of of you know breaking through to that half marathon distance? How did your first half marathon go? My first half marathon was hilarious um, because it went extremely well, uh, like really, really too well, until the last uh, point. Was it one to the last hundred meters? Really, the last hundred. The last hundred meters, I got stung by a bee in the face. Oh. <laughs> That's how I celebrated. I, I mean, a marathon, just were your hands basically up in the up. air and you got <laughs> hundred meters? <laughs> yeah, hundred meters out. Uh, and like, I swear that bee was aiming for me. He jumped out of the tree and ran right at me. Like, I. It's a, so, so, yeah, it's I, a I, sign. No, I'm it kidding. Was a sign. <laughs> Uh, you you think that's pain you're, you're in for pain uh and then of course i, I was immediately like oh i'm running another half and that, that one didn't go well at all i i didn't know like again didn't know about pacing i i ran and i you know i figured running you're supposed to run fast and you guys run fast so i better learn how to run fast and where did this ultra marathon goal on your birthday come from and and how far did you decide to go were you were you going like like just stupid long like 100 miler or, or were you going to start off and kind of like stair step it up within ultra running um well i the plan was i was going to do 40k on my 40 that's my 40th birthday and i was gonna do 40k and then i decided well that's not an ultra so i'm gonna do 50 and uh, that was that was the decision and then i uh, basically I found a training plan that was 12 weeks and I was like, okay, that's how I'm going to do it. I remember I downloaded it from the internet and I was like, well, that's impossible. Let's go. And that's, that's how we started. I mean, and, and were you like one week in and like seriously question yourself? Well, the, 
<laughs> so the first week, so I, I was supposed to run uh, 10 miles, uh, followed by 10 miles uh, for the first weekend. That was the that was the very first thing. Uh, so 16K and a 16K back to back. I ran uh, with my, my friend Mike and, and his girlfriend Olga uh, and their friend Julian. We ran a half marathon race. Uh, the instead of the sixteen mile sixteen k, and then I ran the the sixteen k the next day. Um, so what ended up happening was we were running that half, uh, and we were running probably about six forty five six fifty pace. Uh, nothing. This just you know relaxing and enjoying each other's company. And my friend Mike is. Go ahead. What's that convert to uh, for miles? Sorry. Oh, jeez, uh, <laughs> not I'm, a lot. Uh, probably uh, twelve, eleven thirty. Okay, 12. so nice, nice easy pace, nice cruising along. Yeah, we're going, we're going easy, and I, and uh, towards the end of it, uh, Mike and I kind of pulled away, and he started setting a blistering pace, the last three k, like blistering, and he's yelling at me and calling me names, and he turned at one point, he turned around. And uh, started running backwards, and he's still ahead of me. And I was, I man, I was livid. <laughs> we finished up uh, five forty-five a kilometer, which is I don't know, like ten-minute miles, maybe. Nice. Uh, and that was I didn't know what it was at the time, but it was I, I had that whole my legs have been beaten by bats, and it doesn't matter whether I stand, sit, walk, run. Um, I'm in way too much pain. I believe it's called a bonk, um, but I didn't know that at the time. And uh, then the next day, because I was so angry at him, I ran <laughs> 16K at, at like nine nine minute miles. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so the first full week was supposed to be, uh, you know, uh, on the Saturday, an 18 mile run. I ran a marathon. Instead. What what plane is this, by the way? Who twelve week plan with a back to back ten milers like first weekend? Like, uh, it sounds like a pretty advanced plan in my head. I'm I'm I a just, low I, mileage I up, guy, I guess. I don't know. I looked up free ultra marathon plan for twelve I mean, it was kind of. It said, you know, you should probably have at least run a marathon before trying this, and I was like, ah, I'm gonna run one the first week. And I mean, so did you, did you end up doing a marathon before going for your birthday 50 K or I ended up doing two. Yeah. Two. Uh, so there was one in the plan, like towards the end, it was the last long run. And, uh, then I did one instead of that 18 mile run, which was really, really silly. I mean, you're already 18 miles in, you might as well throw in another eight. Yeah. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I whatever. It's, I've only ever run a half. What's what's another one? That was uh that was probably the most eye opening run I've ever had. I'm so I'm it's the run I'm the most thankful for. It, your first marathon. My first marathon. I mean, what what was it about that run that's so memorable? Um. Well, I ran. You know, I, I picked out the route and I'm running, and I'm setting like not a pace like 11 30 12 minute miles uh and i get to the 
21k point and i feel like a half marathon point and i get i feel like hey i've run a half marathon this is this is where i stop my legs hurt and literally a kilometer later my legs didn't hurt anymore and for about 10 kilometers i felt incredible i mean just incredible and uh when you're new and an idiot and you feel that great you stop thinking about things like water and food and you're just enjoying running <laughs> i hit 32k which is uh, uh, what that gets they call it the halfway point that's the point where people are trying people normally bonk yeah like hit the wall i hit the wall and did not survive like i just was obliterated obliterated <laughs> um, in there. I, I walked for 2K. I tried sitting down. I tried laying down. I was, I couldn't, like, the, the amount of pain was so scary that I was like, I never want to feel that again. And I realized after 2K that it, the thing that hurt the least was running. So I started running and uh, I clawed my way to 41K and the last kilometer I ran, probably that was the fastest kilometer I ran for the whole thing, and I'm, I mean, crying, crying, like ugly, ugly crying, <laughs> the whole way in, and and made it. I actually did forty two point two four, so I was like, I'm technically an ultra runner. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean, the, the, that's amazing. I, I'm just thinking, like, were you completely dehydrated? Like, was it a hot day and you're cramping and just push through or um i think it i think if if i'm if i want to do an autopsy of it i'm pretty sure it was the lack of calories yeah i was eating yeah. uh i was eating 100 calories an hour at 220 pounds and uh stopped eating at after the second hour <laughs> because i was i felt so good so i think that was what it was and i'm also i'm a fat adapted runner i don't i don't eat carbohydrates so i mean uh, yeah that can be painful in itself at least yeah, yeah. making the switch over that's some of the most painful training i've ever done was like keto adapted first three weeks oh oh yeah oh so painful but then you break through about. and then you can go run for two hours with like a bottle of electrolytes and that's it. It's kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything, but so I never, okay. uh, I, I, I never fueled with carbs, uh, and anything, anything smaller than a half marathon ever. Um, I was, I was six months into my seven months into my carnivore lifestyle before I even decided to run. So I don't know the difference. I, I mean, that's a good thing for now, I guess. I mean, <laughs> you, you went through the most painful, probably some of the most painful training you can do. Um, I would say, I mean, my my first thought was when you hit that, that beautiful section, kind of overdid it, kind of like a runner's high type situation. I personally never have, I rarely have a runner's high anymore. Um, and if I do hit a runner's high, I'm very concerned that I'm going way too fast or like <laughs> mess something up completely. Uh, it's funny because I think everyone, at least maybe non ultra runners, think that 
oh, those ultra runners, they just go out and hit runner's high the whole time, and they're, like, addicted to runner's high. And I almost never have uh, that sensation going through my body. And if I do, I'm like, I did something seriously wrong because I'm about to bonk like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was I, – I, I mean, I get runner's high uh, at the end of runs, uh, but they have to be long runs. Uh, I never That was the only one I've ever had during a run. Um, I at first thought it was was the magical flow state, but I learned uh, over the over this weekend, in fact, that it was not. Let's hear about your your 50k first, and then I am always down to talk about running and flow. Okay. Um, how I mean, so you had this awesome experience. The bar is pretty high. You had some of those painful miles. You finished, you know, your first marathon. Mm-hmm. What were expectations going into your birthday 50K? Well, I, expectations going into the 50K, uh, because I had run my second marathon maybe two weeks before the 50K. And I like that was the perfect run. I I can't remember my pace, but I was like almost an hour ahead of my first marathon finishing time. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to go kill this. There's There's no way around it. But even with having like a run with no issues, I still think my first marathon is my favorite. Yeah. So I went I went into the 50k going, yeah, no, this is happening. This is there's there's no way around that. I mean, did the distance humble you? A little bit. It, it always does. It doesn't matter how long a you do it. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, I, you know, I, I started the day. This it's my birthday, right? So. Already, I'm crazy. Already, my wife is like, "Why? Why?" <laughs> so, I I get out and I started running, and I, I ran the same route that I normally run for a marathon, and then I just added some at the end. Um, and I'm motoring. I'm I'm clicking off uh, a nine thirty mile uh, for the most of the way. And I'm like, I'm going to pay for this at some point. I'm sure I am, but I just feel so good. And I, you know, I, I had my nutrition kind of right at that point. Um, I was eating Cliff Bars uh, every 10k, and then after 20k, I would supplement with a gel every 5k. So Cliff Bars, uh, mm-hmm. gel Cliff Bar. Um, and my buddy Mike is, you know, he's going to meet me at 40k. He's gonna, you know, he, he's, he wants to run it in with me. Um, and I'm just motoring around the, the area uh, until around about 37K. I had to go to the washroom or bathroom. So I, I, I pee and then I was like, wait, I'm tired. And <laughs> luckily he pulled up right then and there and we logged some, some bad miles, logged some very, very good miles, hit the marathon point. And I was like, oh, man, it's just 8K from here. Oh, that was the loneliest. He was right next to me, and it was the loneliest 8K I've ever <laughs> Not a single word. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, no, he was talking. <laughs> he was talking. And he was like, you know, he's saying his usual mic stuff, like, we're not going to stop and this and that. And he's, you know, he's being helpfully motivational, but I'm ready to kill him because, like, man, you don't, you don't know. <laughs> You have no idea right now what is happening to my leg. At, at any point, I'm were you scared. cursing my name? Like this idiot that got me into this? No. Okay. Um, That's nice. Maybe Thank I might have. 
I might have cursed Goggins a little bit. <laughs> Just because I, I, I think in order to be an ultra runner, you have to have a little Goggins voice in you, always yelling at you when it gets yeah. hard. I think all of us have that baby Goggins. And and I was like, dude, just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear. I'm not carrying any boats. I'm not doing any of this stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Go ahead. So, so tell me about the, the last kind of final K in to your first 50K and kind of registering what it's like to be an ultra runner. Um, The final K sucked. It was... Uh, it was so bad. Uh, I, I was up, expecting the opposite. No, okay. <laughs> I was like, because, you know, I'm going to, at that point, it happened in my both of my marathons, the final K, I'm going to run like crazy. It's going to be amazing. I'm just going to feel all the joy in the world and all the gratitude. And that's not what happened at all. I, I had a stitch on my left side, right at my lung. And then I got one on the right, just before 49K. So I'm, I can't breathe now. I just, I'm just, I can't breathe. And I hit the last 49, like, let's put all the jets. Let's, you know, let's, 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 I'm, you know, I'm feeling good. Let's hit it. Rob moment. And I hit, I, I hit up, uh, some speed and I lasted maybe 10 meters. <laughs> 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 and I was like, Oh, I can't, I cannot breathe. And you know, the watch dinged 50 K and I was like, yay. <laughs> oh it was the worst it was the worst i felt great afterwards and then um my wife and her friend had set up like a finish line at my house so by the time i rounded the house there was a finish line i sprinted in and and uh yeah but so is is mike ever gonna run an ultra (laughs) or did he see enough to to never try uh mike is running an ultra Okay. That's gonna happen. I don't know if he knows it, but <laughs> he's running one. Um, he wanted to run that one. He he literally was like, "Hey, I'm gonna join you on the 50k." And this was like two weeks out, and I was like, "Listen, I need you to sit down and listen to me right now. <laughs> you don't you don't want this." <laughs> like, were Were you able to blow out the birthday cake uh, candles, or I mean, were you asleep by then? Like. How how recovery go that day? Were you able to walk um, to the kitchen or dining room? Yeah, so it was it wasn't that bad. Um, it I was able to walk around a little bit. I spent a lot of time on the couch. Um, we ate all of the worst things I could think of. Um, I was I wanted to make the, my fitness friends cry that day. We ate donuts and <laughs> and ice cream cake and. I had pizza and everything. And then, of course, my body, after after all of that, it's like 11 o'clock at night, and my body's like, when are you going to have food, buddy? Yeah. So I, had to, I, got, I literally got up and went and found meat um, to eat. But, yeah, it wasn't – that particular day wasn't that bad. The following day was not pretty at all. I so mean that's, – that's when I that's when I was like – I remember I went and walked 7K. Um, and it was just as challenging as the AK at the end of the ultra. I mean, were you able to get down the stairs without, uh, yeah, without the I railing? Didn't, I didn't have that issue because my, my run didn't have a lot of vert. Okay. It was a really flat run. So I didn't, I didn't have an issue of my quads getting, getting torched. I mean, that can be hard in itself. Honestly, I, 
I that's part of the reason I like the trail runs is because like you're switching up and using different muscles as you probably heard before. Mm-hmm. So I got to hear like any other last. Well, let's let's talk about you hitting flow, and then I want to I want to hear more about what you do day to day and and how that's all changed also because it sounds like you've kind of completely transformed and. I'm amazed, but let's let's talk about flow and flow state. Sure. And I mean, for the longest time, that's what I was training for. I didn't know mm-hmm. what it was. Like I couldn't. I actually didn't know the name of it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I just called it. Ultra. It was like this amazing feeling that I hit on my first 30k at mile like 18 or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, tell me about you, flow. You said you've only you've touch the ultra side of it only what twice um like a flow state no like you 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 mentioned in your book that that it was that was like a bigger side of flow like um like the pure bliss uh moment yeah i mean i probably only wrote about it a few times like that was my very first taste it was like the rocks and roots i think it was 30k 40k 50k whatever i and for me coming off that absolutely horrific half marathon uh when i was running at mile 18 that in itself was amazing mm-hmm. um but the trees were blowing in the wind and i could hear them cracking it was just like this whole kind of different experience it was kind of almost like a religious experience and I desperately wanted to have that as often as possible. And I would say the most like epic experience within that higher level of flow state was at Moab 240 at mile, I don't know, like 145. And that lasted maybe three or four miles. Man, um, 200, 240 miles. Yeah. And you know what? I started just like you. I mean... It can be done, so oh, man. it's just breaking it down and doing it 8K by 8K or whatever the distance is, just mile yeah. by mile. And the trick is really just enjoying each one to the point where you forget you're even out there. You're just enjoying yourself or you're meditating, listening to music, or you're chatting with someone. Oh, um, I, I, I cannot wait to do some of these, some of these big, big bodies like the... Yeah, uh, you know, like Western states. I, I I can't wait. I literally cannot wait. I mean, my big thing is be patient because I look back and I'm like, why the heck did I rush that? Like, why? I think I was maybe one year into running and I went mm-hmm. for a hundred miler, and yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, I saw past that fifty mile distance, but I was also like, my foot was up. Cause I smashed my toenails off and I was all kind of broken and disheartened. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily need to rush into a hundred miles. Like it's okay to savor 50 K's 50 milers for a while, work into a hundred K's. Like it, it can take three years to get to a hundred K and that's okay. Like you don't need to rush it. You, you can dabble in it if you want, or you can go pace and crew or volunteer at a hundred, but, um, be patient and do it healthy. So you can do it for the rest of your life is kind of my big takeaway from my own experience. Mm-hmm. Honestly. I, I very much appreciate that. I'm not the most patient guy when it comes to 
it's lots of things. I just want the. I'm not either. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> and and what I've truly learned is ultra running is all about patience. <laughs> it's Fair like enough. wait till like literally for Moab two forty. My strategy was like hold back, hold back some more, then hold back some more. <laughs> yeah. Like start, start wait slow, until you're at mile two hundred. <laughs> so. Um, how, how was flow for you? Did you initially think you had hit that kind of meditative next level where you're floating along and you don't even feel like you're running or, or tell me more about your sensation of that? Yeah. So I, I thought, flow, I thought I'd hit flow in my first marathon. Um, and so basically I spent all of January after the 50 K, uh, going, Hey, I'm going to run every run no matter how short or how long at sub 530 kilometer or sub what like getting to getting into the 830 a mile pace um and i did i i i crushed january and and ran everything at vo2 max pace. <laughs> <laughs> that's and one that, way to do it i guess <laughs> sure and i started to feel really bad um i started to feel I was like, oh, you know, my diet isn't working for me um, um, because, like, I just I started craving carbs. And it was because I'm using the carb side of the engine. Totally. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, the, the, I'm going, okay, what do I do? What am I supposed to be doing? Um, and I, you started slowing things down on Strava. Um, and, you know, I kind of paid attention to that. And then there's a, there's a, uh, a girl who runs around here, uh, she's a sponsor runner named Heather, and she's been a good buddy. Uh, she she works at the run shop that I get my shoes at, and uh, you know she gave me some advice and started started talking about running and running coaching, and I was like, okay, well I'm going to try this heart rate training thing. So I went out on a, my first heart rate run. Uh, on Saturday of last week, it was 16K, and I ran it, you know, at 6.30 pace. Uh, so, what, 11-minute uh, mile, 11.30 mile. Um, and I'm running, and I'm listening to Born to Run, which is the nerdiest thing I think I've ever done, listening to Born to Run while running. Um, <laughs> you don't want to know, know the books I've listened to while running. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah. And they're talking about persistence hunting, which I absolutely want to try. <laughs> I can't, I, I want like literally I, I, I'm going to have, I have dreams where I'm like hunting an elk with Zach Bitter and which like, <laughs> I, I really want to try that. So anyway, they're talking about it and I'm not three or four K in and I'm experiencing highway hypnosis basically, um, where I'm, I, I know that I'm running, I can see things going past me. But I don't feel anything. I don't feel my legs moving. I don't feel my arms moving. I'm. I felt like a passenger in my own body, and I was immediately like, "Okay, so this is going to ruin some heart rate training because I have to. I need to make sure that I'm being slow about this." And I had that thought, and it was preceded by the next thought, which was, "Maybe I should just let this happen. This feels great." And I for 12k floated around the road i mean glided around the road um the entire way and i got to my car and it felt like i'd gone for a 90 minute massage not a 90 minute run 
That's what flow and, is right there. And I threw my pack onto my passenger seat. And I stared at my two completely untouched bottles of water and was like, what just happened? <laughs> but I, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, man, now every time I do heart rate, I'm going to hit flow. And I did heart rate the next day, same course, same distance. And no. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I That's, couldn't believe it. So I think you nailed it because it isn't, it isn't like a runner's high. Um, it, which normally happens when you're exceeding what your your pace should be. It is typically when you're going at a heart rate pace, at least for me, and it can be the weirdest thing. It can be like the clicking of your poles. Like at Moab 240, a lot of times, like just the movement of the poles combined with maybe whatever music I'm listening to just the swing motion and everything just syncs up and it somehow I don't know if it like make changes your brain waves <laughs> or what it does but um it definitely can kind of help you transcend you know where wherever you might be mm-hmm. um and before I forget to mention the a book I'd recommend is I think it's 8020 running which talks a lot about making your slow runs slow which should be 80 percent of your runs and then making your fast runs fast which should be 20 percent. i've also talked to guys you know great runners like michael owen in ohio about he even does 90 percent of his long slow runs like extra slow and it's 90 percent, and then 10 percent is where he's making his fast runs fast but one of the very first books I ever read, and I'm hesitant to share this uh, just because it's probably out of print, but uh, it's called Slow Burn by Stu Middleman. Um, and I think I highlighted every page of that book. It helped me understand things like how nutrition affects body alkaline and all this kind of like really cool stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. a book no one's ever heard of, but uh, yeah, I recommend those two for you, Anthony. And I I really love that your friend got you into heart rate training. That's how I started. It's so humbling having people pass you when you know, you can't go any faster because you'll exceed your heart rate, but Mm -hmm you'll set a foundation so that you're running the rest of your life instead of burning yourself out. And even us middle of the pack, back of the pack guys can still still burn out our adrenal glands. If we're stressed out at work and then we're overtraining and overtraining can just be making every run a, a hard run. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't realize that I, I thought I was, I thought I was doing the right things and then, you're doing yeah. a lot of the right things, though. So, I would I, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say uh, we we have some in the, in the area that I run. We have some some amazing amazing runners. So I'm gonna get past either way. I'm, I don't feel bad about running. The <laughs> <laughs> guy's yeah, running past me at it's you know six minute miles, no problem. It's like I I I think running speed is like maybe uh like financial wealth like it doesn't matter how much money you have there's Mm -hmm. always going to be 
typically I'd say Steve Jobs, but at this point I don't even probably Elon Musk. There's always going to be someone that has more. There's always going to be someone that's faster than you. So mm-hmm. just, you know, be happy with uh, what you have. And it sounds like you've learned so much through this whole process, which leads me to, I want to hear about your music. You're a composer. Hopefully we can blow, blow some minds here, uh, share some of your music, but tell me about that aspect of your life. And then I also want to hear if running's Made you a better musician, better composer? What other aspects have uh, improved from running? So I, I do a couple of things. Um, I, I made my 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 name as a live musician, um, playing saxophone and playing keyboards. Um, I got to do some some pretty cool things and play with some pretty big names. Um, I'm I, I do compose. I'm a composer. I. I uh, I try to do some stuff for TV and film uh, when I can. Um, it's a really competitive business, but I, uh, I, I do what I can there. Um, I'm making my living right now producing, and I'm working with lots of young artists. Um, we There's a contest that I'm, I'm a part of that, uh, that works with young, young artists and teenagers and some adults. And I'm making my living right now just writing songs for them or helping them write songs and producing them and getting them ready and sending them out to the world. That's to feel rewarding. Oh, it's extremely rewarding. This day and age too with COVID, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I, 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 there are so many people that I know that are so talented who don't have the same opportunities. And I, I, I'm blessed and I'm lucky that I'm able to do what I do right now because I, it could have, it could have easily been someone else. Uh, running, man, like, do you? I, I cannot describe what it's like to go to the studio with a win in your pocket every day. Before anything else happened, I did this thing that a lot of people can't do. Before before I before I have to tackle anything else, and I love that. One of the big reasons I love running alone because there's no information that happens to my life before I've run, and. I did not expect I, I didn't expect running to be a big part of it, but it's almost everything when it comes to making music for me now. Because the first thing running teaches you how to solve problems. If you don't know how to solve problems and if you're the type of person that gets emotional every time there's an inconvenience, running will teach you not to do that. And I just you know, like there there's I feel so much clarity after after a run, and I feel like it, it's easy, you know. Writing a song, I, I tell I tell my my artists this all the time. Writing a novel is making a story a simple story complicated, and writing a song is making a complicated story simple. And it's easy to make things simple and straight from the heart after you've done this thing with your body every day. And I haven't tried to, to write a song. On uh, a day that I haven't run, on uh, my rest days don't don't. Uh, uh, they're normally days where I don't work. Um, but I couldn't imagine at this point. Uh, my my mentor uh, Oren Isaacs said, you know, passions are gateways to other passions. He said it to me just recently, and it was. He's absolutely right. I. It's all the same thing. It's literally all the same thing. If you're passionate about something, um, and you you're passionate about two things or three things you'll they will find a way to work together i couldn't agree more i love that quote 
I couldn't. I, when he said it, I was like, "How are you still teaching me things this <laughs> this late in the game when I'm 40 years old? You're teaching me things." I, I, you know, I go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say I also I I shoot music videos and do and and make films and things of that nature, kind of like you. And I can see your. I don't see a difference between your your filmmaking and your running at all. Like I don't see a single. It's all the same thing to me. It's all the same energy. It's all the same Rob. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Seriously, it, it truly is. I mean, it's mm-hmm. and people don't see it in my work life because they don't know me that well. But it, it's the mm-hmm. same, same exact thing. Yeah. Um. Just different ways of expressing myself, essentially. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed the heck out of it. I've been very fortunate to have the ultra community kind of like supporting me failure to failure to failure. Like <laughs> it's I, I'm the artistic side of me like almost never signs a painting. Like I'm never finished. I'm never like satisfied with the end result of something for mm. for whatever reason. Um no work of mine is ever like truly complete and matching what I see in my head or feel or whatever. I mean, are you the same way? Do you, do you finish a song and you're ever like, that's perfect. Um, it's probably just how I sense and express art. No, I, you, I mean, first of all, you don't like when it comes to songs, you don't finish them. You just stop working on them. There's, there's no exactly. finishing. Yeah. Um, but I think the best way, because I mean, as a as a music producer and as a, as a composer or songwriter, you can go crazy worrying about maybe what if this word isn't the right word? What if there's a better word? Because there's infinite words. Um, what if there's a better chord change or whatever? I, it's all life, and when when you're when you're developing and when you're growing and when you're going through life, um, every chapter. Every song is just another chapter, and it's another story. It's another thing that I did that may be better or worse than the last thing that I did, and maybe better or worse than the next thing I do. That's kind of the way I look at it. It's just, hey, we're just turning pages. I, you know, this one, this one, I may look back on and think it was special. I may look back on and think it wasn't, but I just keep moving forward. What, what continues to uh, give you drive? Because it seems like you're a person with incredible just you're making the most of life but you have this drive that a lot of people can't be taught uh, whether it be running or composing or you know making a video mm-hmm. what, what's inspiring you what's making you get out there every morning but then also where's the passion coming from to you know continue to write new songs uh, my wife um <laughs> i my my wife is an, an absolute superhero um when i met her she was she had cancer she was 22 had cancer um fought like hell made it um and she just there's nothing easy for that that woman there's nothing that comes and it's just easy it all it's always a fight it's always you know, she taught me that life is not even close to fair, and you either do something about the things that you want or you don't. And it's really, really hard to live in a house with that woman who is permanently inspired, who is permanently trying to 
do new things or get better at the things that she is doing and not, uh, you know, I, I, I know you were unhealthy at a time. Um, I was very unhealthy at a time as well. And it can get dark. You know, you, you lay in bed at night and you think about, well, you know, my wife is young. Um, she'll be all right if, if I have a heart attack tonight. You know, like you start having those rational rationales in your head of, you know, everything's going to be okay because, you know, like she's not going to, she'll, she'll bounce back. Um, and, you know, now, nowadays I'm ashamed of those thoughts, but it's really, really hard to, uh, to live with that woman and not feel like every day you have to do the absolute best for that person. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Outside of that, um, you know, I do, I do have a, a, a strong sense of drive that I, that I've always had, but it's, it's definitely kicked up a notch and I, I feel like I feed her that too. It's just a constant flow of inspiration and a constant, uh, flow of, of, of drive and get the things that you want that, that lives in my home. Yeah. You're going to inspire a lot of people. I, I think what you're doing is amazing. I'll end with one last question. Sure. If given the choice to be on stage and absolutely nail a song, have, you know, the crowd go wild, would you choose that or hitting flow or, you know, finishing a tough race that you question yourself during? What would you choose? If you had one, I got to hear. Yeah. Would it be uh, on stage nailing the song so- or, or that flow so- state? Sorry, everyone. It's definitely flow. <laughs> I, 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 I wish it wasn't. I feel like I'm, you know, there's so many people that know me as a musician. There's, I, I, until you've hit it, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and you just, like, I, running teaches you so much about you. How can you, like, you know, one of the big reasons I'm trying to, I want to rush to do a hundred milers because everyone that does it says, Hey, you, you want to learn who you are. You know what I mean? Like being, being on stage and, and nailing a performance, uh, you know, I don't know if that's teaching me more about me other than, Hey, I'm really good at something. Yeah. But man, I, you know, like, I don't care how good you are at running. You, like, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't care that you're you're gonna hurt if you run long enough and you're gonna have to make some decisions about who you are like i i know it's it's that wasn't a hard question rob i I totally set that one up no but i mean i i lied i have one last one for you no but what what advice do you have for someone that's 325 pounds like being wheeled through the airport because they hurt their ankle and they're looking at themselves like, yeah, I, I could never become a runner. Like, I'm just going to hurt my knees. Like, do you have advice for someone coming off an injury? You know, I, I want to hear kind of last words of wisdom. Um, sure. Um, there, uh, I don't want to get emotional when I, when I, when I do this, but, um, there's more to you. There's there's just there's so much more to your story than than where you're at. 
and I, I don't that I don't care if you're 325 pounds in a wheelchair or you you know you just won the Moab. There's more to you, and if you just go looking, if you just assume that there's more to your story, if there if you just assume that what if today I do something that I thought was impossible. You just you just have no idea, you know. Um, I, the things that I thought were impossible, I I now call yesterday or last week or last month. Um, it's not about it wasn't about for me. Or running wasn't about for me uh, losing weight. It was about hey, what if I could do this thing? And then once you can, what if I could do this other thing? Um. It's just you don't have to be, you know. If you're if you're happy where you're at, you're happy where you're at, and I I will never take away someone's contentment. And I spent, you know, a couple of decades being very content with with who I was, and um, didn't decide to make a change until now. But you, if if there's something that you want, if you're if you're going when, what if? That what if can be. I mean, I lost. 130 pounds in eight months that what if can be tomorrow that what if can be next week it doesn't have to take forever um if you're willing to just do the work i love it anthony thank you for taking so much of your time i mean you're hugely inspiring um yeah i'm gonna have to stay in touch have you back on after you Uh, get your 50 miler, 100K, 100 miler, whatever you end up deciding, we have to stay in touch, okay? Thank you so much for having me. I, I would love to stay in touch. I'm still geeking out. Like, I'm I'm on the Training for Ultra podcast. <laughs> where, well, let's. let's I didn't, um, it didn't go poorly. Where, where, no, this was fun. Where where can people follow you on, on social media? Uh, uh, Instagram, uh, A Right Tunes. That's with two T's, W R I G H T T U N E S. Um, I guess it's the same on Twitter, but I don't really use Twitter. Um, Anthony Wright on, on Facebook, but Instagram probably is the best place. Awesome. I mean, let's stay in touch. I also might need some music for some upcoming films, so stay in touch on that front too. All right. I'm I'm at your disposal, man. Thank you so (laughs) much again for having me. Thanks. And that was episode 158. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thank you to Anthony for taking so much of his time Big thank you to the Patreon supporters. Big thank you to Hammer Nutrition and Exoskin. Really appreciate you guys. There's beauty out there. There's inspiration. Just remember you have to see it. Have a great week. Don't forget to enjoy your training. You're so much more than broken pieces You are 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 you are so much more than broken pieces 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 You are so much more than broken Broken pieces, you are, you are so much more than broken pieces, you are so much more than broken pieces, you are so much more than broken pieces, you are.
So much more than broken pieces, you are. So much more than broken pieces, you are. You are. So much more than broken pieces, you are. So much more than broken pieces, you are. So much more than broken pieces, So much more than broken pieces, you are. So much more than broken pieces, you are. You are. Peace.